Hey, welcome to How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. I'm Luke Fagenbush. I'm here with my co-host, Lauren Hutton. Lauren, how you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling smooth. I feel like butter that's just been, you know, sizzled in the bottom of a pan with some crushed garlic and shit. Oh yeah, good old sizzly butter. Mm. Yeah, and we're we're playing it low key while we talk about comedians bombing. That's that's our show. How I learned to stop worrying and love the bomb. And uh, who do we have on as our guest? What cool cat did we have on this week? You remember, man? It was it was Mandy McElvey, and she was one of the most smooth and and just. Generally okay, we were, buttery we people. Were just, uh, we were just doing a low-key thing. You don't have to put on an accent or anything. It was. It's just low-key. No, this no is accent. Literally how I always sound, man. This oh, is how okay. I've always been. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, we got Mandy McKelvey, a hilarious comedian. Uh, we talk about. We talk about uh, women in comedy. We talk about bombs throughout just keeping in the grind just keeping going just being a real cool cat that's about all we did man that was, whoa, 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 that whoa, was whoa, it. whoa 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 keep it keep it cool everything's cool everything's smooth Andy McKelvey everybody So a year, oh my God, two years. Yeah. Oh my God. Holy cow. Two years. It was like exactly, <laughs> yeah, because it was exactly one year before the lockdown when St. Patrick's Day was still going on. That's amazing. Yeah. And then, yeah, oh my God, two years, Jesus. How have you been in two years? There's, I mean, a lot has happened in two years. <laughs> More a so lot has happened. Yeah. The second one because it was yeah. kind of the same for everybody's last year. <laughs> yeah. True. It was true. Yeah. The, the, like 2019, well, 20, all right. So 28, 2017 started like a nice ramp up for me in work, getting work. And then 2018 and 2019 were like, uh, I mean, awesome by comedian standards, right? But like, you know, comedian standards are like you're like killing yourself. You're like, you know, you're like, fucking, you know, like you wish you were dead, but you're on stage a lot. Right, right. And yeah. uh, so I was like killing it and myself in 2018 and 2019, <laughs> and then uh, in 2020, even before the pandemic, in 2020, in January and February. Like, it's like everything just started to, like, fall apart comedically. Like, I was yeah. bombing like crazy. I was getting, I got banned from crackers. Wait, what? Uh, <laughs> I got fired after 18 minutes on stage, banned, and then not paid. They still haven't paid me, these motherfuckers. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, I uh, yeah, Ruth Ann just did not like me. She did not like my whole vibe. It was just material. Like uh, I can't imagine that my material was offensive. Yeah. Like I, don't, I couldn't possibly. Lauren, uh, Lauren told me your name, and I didn't remember it actually, and I can't imagine why. Yeah. Because as soon as I saw your picture, <laughs> I uh, remember seeing you at the Twisted Cork. 
that drive oh my god store, like years yes. ago yes like, <laughs> oh my god that was so funny <laughs> oh my god that absolute shit show of a yes. venue <laughs> the bell they, would go just... off every other yes <laughs> well it's the fucking it's the fucking owners that are heckling you that are talking what? over you yeah yeah because they're this so drunk they can't do anything, right? They can't run and... it. <laughs> I know, right? Right? Yeah, like it's it's like they don't know how to have a show, so they just are like, yeah, these these comedians are going to be here, but they just, I think they just think because it's their place, like nothing they do counts. Right. Yeah. And so they will just they will just talk right over you, have huge conversations. I remember I was in the yep. middle of my set and somebody brought a fucking dog in <laughs> and then everybody just started, just started fucking screaming and passing around the dog Wait, and talking what? to the, talking to the dog, like holding the dog in my set. And, uh, like, but like, yeah, 2020 happened and everything started to fall apart. Like, I was bombing my ass off in January and February. Like, I can't even blame the pandemic. I was getting fired. I was like, not, it's like, everybody was like, yeah, you had two years. We're sick of you now. Like, what? everybody was done. It was so what? weird. It was like, I just, everything just started to, like, get bad. And, you like, I had a few good shows. Like... Maybe because... I just kept, well, December's, December's are bad for me because I genuinely, uh, I genuinely like, I, I get booked uh, just to make m money around here. Uh, like Tom Sobel books me at a lot of like country clubs and stuff and like stuff that mm -hmm. I'm not appropriate for at all like nothing. <laughs> I'm just not <laughs> right. You know, I'm not the right, like they love like, you know, the country club is appropriate for like, dad got you know dad comedians and you know like guys who are still shitting on like dick cheney you know like that's their <laughs> level of political you know, discourse you know that level or like uh you know or like uh or like i i, I see like uh, a, a comic that kills all the time he's a black guy but his whole stick is like I'm the black guy that doesn't fit in here at this country club. And they're like, oh, my God, it's so amazing. <laughs> and like, they're like, like, you don't fit in. They're like, oh, my God, we were we were thinking the same thing. <laughs> and so, like, Jesus. you know, like, I, I just, you know, so, so Decembers are always depressing because I get booked at corporate Christmas parties, oh, country Lord. clubs. Yeah. I literally did a, right before the pandemic, I did the Christmas party for the Elizabethtown uh, Sheriff's Department. What? I, I got booked. I didn't know it was them. Like, I was just driving out there. Apparently, it was the fucking cops Christmas party. I don't know this. Me and Joe do show up, who's a black guy. We're like, oh, fuck. We go in. It's just all, pla it's all plaid shirts. Yep, yep, yep. It's all fucking plaid shirts and, like, high and tight haircuts. Oh, and Lord. they're like, yeah, you can go back there and, like, wait or put your stuff down or whatever. And we go back there, and it's pretty clear that – just for mine and Joe's visit, someone went back there 
and like cleared some stuff out and shoved a rebel flag into a broom closet. <laughs> oh and no. I, yeah. Yeah. And Joe and I were like, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for thanks for thinking of us. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to be successful here tonight, but thank you, oh I guess. God. And like, yeah, so it was that kind of shit. So, you know, January, <laughs> and then January was a mess. I got fired from crackers uh, and not paid, like not paid at all. Like that, it was that whole like, yeah, we're going to mail you your check. And then, you know, oh, and man. you know, comedians don't have a leg, don't have a leg to stand on. Right. And yeah. then it was like, uh, and then because uh, a friend of mine, Ron on Hirschberg, he made a post about it because he was like, you know, Ronan has a lot of clout now. And so he made a post where it's just like, cause I never didn't say anything publicly about it, but he was like, look, it was like, my friend was hired. She was fired for no reason. Cause really genuinely no reason, because I did not speak to those people. Like I don't, I had no interaction with those people. I did my like set, but like, yeah, like they didn't, yeah. they wouldn't even talk to me. Like they were sending me through some like dumbass lackey MC. And so, like, they were like, they were just like, yeah, your services are no longer needed. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. But you still got to pay me. And they were like, right. no. Right. Or, I mean, yeah, but like, obviously they're not. But like, he made a post about, like, hey, my friend worked this, did this. She's a great comic. She was never paid. Just want you to be aware that crackers did not pay their comic. And I didn't know this. I uh, I think it was Dwight Simmons called me from Indianapolis and was like, hey, you got to see this shit. Apparently, uh, a, a bunch of shit started in it about the Indian in like the Indianapolis comedians group or something. What? And so like, because apparently crackers, because... Boy, if you ever want to look guilty, do this fuck shit. Crackers, <laughs> crackers has like one of their guys, which somebody who wasn't even there that night, like was not there. Right. Just, I guess, just like affiliated with crackers goes into the Indianapolis uh, comedians group or page or whatever, goes in there and is like, we we totally fucking paid her you know she uh we she's uh and they're like well we don't even know who you're talking about like you're <laughs> apparently upset about ron you're clearly upset about ron's post so you know who you're talking about we don't know so he was like see we did pay her and this is how mentally unwell these people are if you want to get fired from someplace i recommend this place they went in <laughs> apparently in the Indianapolis comedians group, they post a check that they have written to me with my full name on it and the amount that I was owed. And they were like, see, this is a picture of the check we sent her. And even the dumbest people, you know, even the dumbest people, you know, who are in that group were like, yeah, who takes a picture of a check that they're going to send a regular-ass feature act when you comedy, you have at least three or four comedians there every single week for, like, 30 years? Are you telling me you just randomly took a picture of her check? I, and I'm sure like, afterwards also, they started taking <laughs> pictures of the checks that they were yeah. to people. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's so funny. They were like, see, we did it. And I was like, oh, yeah. and they were like, and what they, and everybody was like, first of all, she has never come forward. So that's a huge violation of her <laughs> privacy. Right. You need to take this down immediately because you've put her entire name out there. Second of all, now we know you're full of shit. <laughs> but so they like, I guess he like took the the post or whatever, but it, you know, everybody was divided because people hate that place so much. And so many people are banned from there and like, don't know why, you know, they just pissed off the owner or whatever. But like, I never said one word publicly, but after that I was like, Oh my God, that's so funny. Like, I could just write a check like to crackers and write it for like $1 million and then like put it on the internet and I'd like put it on the internet and be like, see you guys, I bought crackers. So I own crackers now. Yeah, just see, here's, yeah. Like here's the I check. Myself. Yeah. Here's the check where I paid them and I'm now the owner of crackers. So all booking requests will go through me. And they'll be like, no, you fucking didn't. And I'll be like, here's the check. Like, <laughs> you can just say anything, apparently. You can just write a check and put a picture of it on the internet and you're good. Like, it's done. And so, like, that's how 2020 started out. Now, oh Fe- February got February got pretty good because uh, my friend Gwen Sunkel, who's a great comic, she oh yeah, calls, we had her uh, on. She was like our second Yeah, she's guest. great. <laughs> she's great. Uh, Gwen, I think Gwen is the one who coined this term. I'm not sure, but Gwen calls February Female Headliner Month. And yeah. it is, that is true. Uh, nobody lets me headline until February. And then February, I headline everything all month long because clubs and bars and venues for some reason they start thinking about Valentine's day and then they realize that couples will be coming out together and they, and somehow this makes them think that no woman ever comes out any other time of the year. (laughs) And they, that it's that, that literally women aren't normally 51% of every audience that they've ever (laughs) had. Right. And so, well, they start, so they start thinking about Valentine's Day and dates coming out. And so they think, oh, we have to have entertainment for dates. And they then, only then do they realize every male comic we know is the opposite of romance. <laughs> so what can we do? What can we do? We, we, we literally, of all of our male headliners, we literally don't have a single one that when this couple leaves this venue, they will feel more connected. Yeah, something about all these sad, lonely white guys is just really yes. killing the romance in yeah. here. Like, we, they, somehow February is the only time that they understand, which is true 100% of the time, that if you, if you have a couple, which is primarily who goes to anything, by the way, it's right. just you and your person, you and your person, you and your person all the time is how people go out to things unless you're like 22 and you're with like your bros, but like <laughs> that's how people go out to things. And so it only occurs to them that literally like, Oh, okay. So if you make, we have to please the more traditionally female person in this union, because if we make her happy, then the whole night is successful. 
And yet somehow that only occurs to people in February. Every month of the year, they're like, I don't know why all the women were mad. We just hired three bald white guys who were like, I hate my fucking ex-wife. I hate my fucking ex-wife. My fucking ex-wife is a bitch. Like that's, and they're like, I don't understand why women are so like not into this. They're so they're so picky about comedy. But yeah, so so February started to be like feel like old times again a little bit because February it's like it's like you know the calendar's full and I'm closing out every single show I'm on because yeah. and it works for me because I you know yes my the audience is primarily female as in fifty one percent which is the population right. and I can you know I've I can talk to them in a way. In <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I can talk. I can talk to them in a way that doesn't ruin their entire night. That makes them feel like I'm. I'm glad we spent money. I'm glad we paid for this date. Right. I had a nice time with you. And so, like February was like maybe, like maybe I just had a rough couple of months. Like maybe I'll get it back. Maybe that maybe I'm just going through some things. Maybe I just need to write some new material. Maybe I'm just in a slump. And then, you know, and so, oh, and that's what I did. I, I applied. I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I need fresh energy. I'm stagnant. I keep performing in the same places. Mix I got to, I got to meet some new people. I got to get inspired. So I applied to a bunch of festivals. And so I got in like four festivals and so it was so funny. It was like what it was like five days before the pandemic. I posted a picture of oh, all man. the festivals <laughs> that I got into, all of them. And I was like, "Catch me in Pittsburgh, catch me in Baltimore, catch me in Asheville." And I was like, "I'm gonna reinvent myself as a festival darling this year." That's my and that was like my plan. I was like, "I'm gonna change up, you know. I'm gonna go to some new cities, right, perform right. some new clubs, just." Meet new cops, and then they were like, "LOL, sit the fuck down forever, forever, <laughs> forever." That's gonna be a painful Facebook forever. memory in a couple of years. It I is. Know. It's, it is. It's it's got to be coming back around because I think it was this week last year that I posted it. Oh and my god! So it's coming back around any but minute now. It's about to pop up in my they memory. Have started rescheduling those at all? Because that's what. Most festivals I've heard, none. (laughs) One of them. One of them. The rest of them are just like we like. We enjoyed your money. Oh, thank you for your. (laughs) Thank you for your donations. This is actually a net gain for us. We paid by all these comics, and we didn't even have to like put up booths or anything. (laughs) We didn't actually have to do shows. I wish there was a pandemic every year. Man, I know. Good. I, know. I know. I know. And I, you know, and now I see like a lot of my friends in other cities are, are getting back on stage and going back in the clubs and stuff. And it's so exciting, but I'm actually wondering, like, I just did not know when it was appropriate to start asking you know like i'm assuming these places are getting bombarded by everybody who's just been stewing for a year i don't know when it's appropriate i was you know getting somebody to answer a booking email was a one in a hundred shot before the pandemic right so now now that they i've not even been visible or in their earshot 
I'm not even somebody that's on their radar for a year and like their their inbox is full of you know book me emails from people that they already did have a relationship with like right yeah it just seems like maybe i mean it feels like maybe another year before i'll get that level of momentum back before i'm you know and and do i even want that level of momentum yeah. back because i was i was on stage a hundred nights a week but i was still very poor very very poor <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah and plus i get there's that stress of like you're excited because you're like oh i booked all these shows and then like five yeah. seconds after you write them all down you're like oh <laughs> i booked all these shows i booked right. all these exactly. fucking shows yeah. like yeah which i don't i wonder would it feel that way if i didn't have to keep a day job like i think yeah. that is it's I hate the fact that sometimes comedy is stressful because I have this anchor where I'm like, oh, I actually have to be present for this fuck shit because they uh, give me health insurance and I need that. Right, right, yeah. Like, is this a <laughs> like? I hate that I have to pay attention to this day job that I clearly do not do not want. Yeah, right. uh, <laughs> but I have to give it energy and I. Have treat it like I want it because if somebody took it away from me I would be a oh, fuck oh my god oh my god so for eight hours a day I pretend to be another person and then I have my real job that I like that doesn't make me money so it's right. effectively working two to three jobs with the money of one shitty job yes yes Yes. Oh. And I actually like went out on a date with somebody who was like, who was like, do you, it doesn't seem like you have time to date. And I was like, uh, no, I fucking don't, but you don't get to, you don't get to tell me that you don't get to tell me that because do you know how many shitty male comics I know who are not only married, but had a fucking kid and they're like, just on the road like i don't even want somebody to sit at home and raise my fucking kid i just want somebody to take me to dinner just just take me to dinner on like an off night just like the vicious cycle that creates more stand-up comedians though because you got the absentee father and (laughs) that's how we breed Oh my god. So rough year. Rougher than most actually. I had some pretty rough years. <laughs> it's just it was going so great. I don't know what happened. It was just a steep and I'm, I I know and here's the thing, like I know I'll get it back in some capacity because the only key and Kathleen Madigan told me this out of her own mouth. The key to being a great comic is you just got to be the asshole who doesn't quit. Like, right. that's it. She's like, outlast, outlast. And, like, it's been, like, 130 years, and I'm still fucking around in bars, <laughs> won't give up, Right. won't give up, S- saying yes to anything and everything, knowing I'm going to bomb, knowing, 
knowing that I cannot do this charity event for sick children. I cannot. <laughs> inappropriate. <laughs> inappropriate. And so I'm going in there with the only person. No, I'm the only human in this room who knows I'm going to ruin everyone's night. And I know it. <laughs> and I feel so bad because they don't know it. They're so hopeful. They're like, we have a comedian. And I'm like, nobody vetted me. Nobody asked me. They said do 25 minutes, and they never asked me how many minutes can you go without talking about your pussy. They never <laughs> asked me that. Wasn't part of the screening the process. Is 10. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I would have been like 10. 10. I would not have lied. I would not have lied. I would never lie to them. I would be like, I do want this job, but you are correct. 10 minutes. So for the last 15 minutes, your ch- these sick children are going to learn a lot. And I don't know. That's on you. Like, they don't ask you. They don't ask you that. They just offer you shit. <laughs> From an outside perspective, from someone who is at the level where they're like just trying to get into clubs other than their home club and just like trying to get into further spots, I was seeing your posts, not remembering your name, but recognizing your face. Uh, We were over that, but I was like, damn, she's popping off. Like, (laughs) I wish I had that. It was so good for a minute. Like I headlined the Louisville Palace. I like did the Kentucky Center, like these huge theaters. Yeah. And everything, everything was happening. Oh, oh my God. You want to talk about a shit show? This, so this March, March 1st, last year, uh, Louisville Magazine wrote an, uh, an article called like the 20, uh, the 20 women to watch. And it wasn't like comics. It was just fucking women. And Holy just like cow. that existed in the, in, in the greater, you know, Louisville yeah. area region. And they picked me as one of them, put this beautiful glossy photo of me and this write up about like how hilarious I was with some of my accomplishments. And it's me next to like Louisville's like civil rights leader, Hannah Drake. <laughs> like, <laughs> Lu- yeah, it's, it's me. And like, and like, I'm like number 11 and she's like right next to me. And it's like, my picture is on the same page as Hannah fucking Drake, who's literally leading the charge against the Brit. Like, like arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor, Black Lives Matter, Louisville protest. Like she's the one that hadn't even happened yet because this was March of last year. Yeah. And so they put us in a magazine. They put us in a magazine. March 1st, they delivered that magazine and put it in the door or the breezeway of every restaurant and business in the city of Louisville. And then every restaurant in business in the city of Louisville fucking closed. (laughs) And no one saw it. No one saw it. It just, it just went into the garbage. It just went into the recycling bin. (laughs) So a year ago, I was one of the top 20 women in this town to watch. And now people are like, I don't remember. Google her. You see anything? (laughs) I think she died. It's so depressing. I've heard so many pandemic stories where they're like, oh, I was just about to quit my job. Right. Yes. Yeah. 
I mean, so much of like that success is about timing and just like capitalizing oh, yeah. on an opportunity whenever it lands. It's crazy. I I was uh I was about to headline the drop for the first time. I was scheduled at the attic again. I was feeling I was I had all those festivals lined up. Yeah. And I was just like this is, I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to rest on my laurels. I'm going to write something new. I'm in a funk. I, I can't just keep doing the same shit. Uh, I gotta, I gotta, you know, go to the next level. I've hit a certain level and I'm so excited and I gotta go to the next level as, as much of a level as you can go to. If you're somebody like me who has virtually no social media presence of any kind, I was (laughs) doing right. I was doing the best I could do, like, which I, I don't think that's smart. I think that's major self-sabotage and fear on my part, but mm. it does feel good to know that everything I did was word of mouth because yeah. I have no type of ability to manipulate the perception of me on the internet because I have a fake name and I, and I don't even post anything with that. <laughs> right. And then, and then number two, I don't know anyone I've never made any big friends in comedy. I don't, you know, like, I don't know anyone to, like, ask for help or to ask for recommendations. So everything that I was getting, I was just working enough to be seen to get people being like, yeah, I will I will give her a shot. Yeah. And, and it took a long time. Like, I've been doing it forever. Like, it took an inappropriate amount of time. Like, <laughs> like if it took... If, <laughs> If it took a white male comic the same amount of time to get the the minuscule amount of work that I've gotten, he would fucking kill himself. <laughs> he would be like, <laughs> like, you know, he would be like, 15 years, and then you take, take fucking Kevin Hart 15 years, and he sold out Madison Square Garden. Oh, God damn it. You know, like, they would, they would not... They cannot, I cannot tell you how many times I have had a guy who's been doing comedy for two years come up to me after a show and say, how'd you get that? And I'll be like, because I'm just here, dude. I'm just, <laughs> I don't know anything. I don't know anything you don't know. I, 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 I've been, oh, uh, one time, and it won't even be something good. It'll be a feature. <laughs> it'll be a, it'll be a feature at the lowest level, like, bullshit club you've ever seen right just yeah. a feature like like a twisted cork ex- exactly exactly <laughs> it'll be a fucking it'll be like a 250 dollar five show weekend like the most insulting fucking money right, yeah. you can be making at a club level and it's, i remember some guy came up to me and he's like he goes how, he said this was a new question nobody ever asked me this he said how long did it take you to get this and uh, now this was a few years ago, so I looked at him and I said, "Eleven years," uh, and he goes, "He he dead up looked at me like this was a reasonable response." And he was a nice guy, which just shows how fucking out of touch even <laughs> nice people are. He goes, "Dead up, dead fucking." Up. He goes, "I don't have that kind of time," and I was like, <laughs> "I was like, bitch, bitch, who, bitch." Do you think I had 11 years to flick my goddamn bean in this fucking bullshit city? Do you think I was just like, I got 11 years 
like, I just got years. Like, I got old doing this. I was like, you shithead. I had brown hair when I started. Do you know what that means? To, to watch yourself to watch yourself on the same bar flyers, to watch your hair get grayer every year as you get put on the same fucking showcases with kids, with kids that don't even, they, they are, they have not even been doing it long enough to get sexually harassed by a certain club owner. Like they don't even know. And they're like, I don't have that kind of time. And I'm like, what? What are, what are you doing? That's so fucking amazing. That you're in such a fucking hurry. But my old ass can just go as slow as I need. Just like, I'm desperate too, bitch. Like, I hate my job too. And I, I didn't mean, for, I didn't mean for this to go on this long. I wanted to be, uh, I wanted, I want, I wanted to be a working comic too, is all I'm saying. And then, uh, you know, but if you, if you fucking love it, which I clearly must, right. either that or I'm a masochist, <laughs> then you just, you, you take whatever the fuck you can get. Like, yeah. you just do it. You just keep doing it. And it's a hell of a drug because <laughs> every day you think, maybe, maybe yeah. today, yeah. like maybe today is the day that this all pays off maybe because you'll go like weeks and the phone doesn't ring and the calendar dwindles. And then out of the blue, you get a random message like, Hey, we saw your stuff on this and we were wondering if you would do this. And, yep. and then you're like, somebody saw me, somebody that I don't know yep. heard about me, saw me and then came and found me, which if they can, if they can find me, then somebody else can find me and right. you get that little glimmer of hope in your fucking heart. <laughs> and then you're, then you're fucking strung out getting fired from crackers again. And you don't even yep. know, <laughs> you don't even know how the fuck you got there. You, you just nailed so much of the stuff. I mean, I felt in like, I'm sure every other comic who does it feels where they're like, how long do I, you, you just always feel like that. I guess. Yeah. Always. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Never always, goes away. Always. Always. Dead up. Dead. What do you mean? I don't have that kind of time. You got but <laughs> then quit. Are you going to yeah. die? Quit. Yeah. Like, I, like what? And it'll be people that while extremely kind, extremely nice and sweet people there's not anything that particularly special about them. You know, they're just, yeah. they can be kind of funny, kind of nice, but really not memorable in any way. And I'm like, man, what mirror do you look in in the morning where you're like, I deserve to jump the line? Like, <laughs> how? Yeah. Because, don't, I mean, we've all seen a kid come in and in two years they can move to New York and they can, they can headline, you know, yeah. like they can yeah. do anything. Like we've all seen that, but that's a special ass kid. And everybody knows it. Like everybody's right. like, damn sucks for us. Yeah. That, that is the way that is. Uh, but these will just be regular ass people. And they'll be like, <laughs> you know, trying to, and you're like, you, 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 you're not memorable. You're only moderately funny right. and you're inexperienced. <laughs> yeah. What are you, what kind of fucking affirmations are you doing in the mirror every morning? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell everyone to try comedy, 
but I won't tell everyone to keep doing comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. Oh my God. I fucking hate online dating because I cannot tell you how many dates, how many times, even not even, even sometimes before the date, they'll say, you know, yeah, comedy, that's cool. I've always heard, you know, that I should do it. I've always thought I should do it. Oh, I've God. always wanted to yeah. try it. I've always, wanted, and, I'm, and I always say the same thing to these people and I'll go, do it. I fucking dare you. I fucking dare you. There's a show right As now. Let's fact, go. Yeah, let's do it. I'd like for you to do it. I'd like for you to do it before the end of this week so that after it goes how it's going to go, you can eat my ass before I literally swipe left on you and keep moving along with my life. You absolute ass can you imagine can you imagine just like walking up to like a chef or like a musician right and just being like yeah i've always thought i could do it right yeah my friends have always told me to do it i should just do it yeah i could just do it like <laughs> as if there's no level of experience or skill required right it's just something you can pick up and do you know like people like my scrambled eggs i should open a restaurant <laughs> right like oh i had a one guy on a date tell me he was like yeah i looked you up and i was like how did you do that because uh online dating is only first names so uh-oh oh no and he was like he was like i looked you up you're easy to find he was like you said you were so I just looked at, I put in like Mandy and comedy and like, you came right up. You're easy to find. And I was like, okay, uh, what did you find? And he was like, I just watched some of your clips. And I was like, well, I don't have any clips. So you uh. watched someone else's clips that they posted of me, which means, uh Oh, I don't know what you saw. And I said, <laughs> what did you see? And he goes, well, he goes, well, I just want to see if you were funny and I was like, okay. And he goes, well, you know, because, like, I can't go out with somebody if they're not funny. Like, it's like, you are funny. And I was like, that's literally everyone else you've dated who isn't me, you dumb bitch. Like, nobody <laughs> just – and he was like, well, like, if so you do – like, I had to see your stand-up to see if you're funny. And I was like, that's an amazing thing to say because, like, for example, he was a musician, I was like, I'm not a musician. So if I looked you up and listened to your music, I do not have the right to say if you suck or are bad at music. I can only right. say that it wasn't my cup of tea. Yeah. But I don't have the skill level to say that you're bad at music. And it's so bizarre to me that you think that you can tell me if I'm funny. Right. Like you can only tell me if if you laughed. You cannot tell me if I'm funny or not. Exactly. Uh, you don't have. You literally don't have the credentials to do that. <laughs> and I was just so blown away by that because he was a person in the arts, and so he didn't. He did not seem to understand how that was like the most insulting shit you could say to a person. Because I was like. You know, not not only does it not matter what your opinion of my comedy is, but like, <laughs> it's pretty clear from our first date here that I'm the most employed of the two of us, <laughs> on and off the stage, <laughs> on and off the stage. That I am Damn. the most helpful 
ins- I am the most health insurance having of the two of us. <laughs> and maybe you don't lead with a vague, aggressive, critical threat <laughs> that you're looking me up to see if I meet your standards. Like, I'd like, let me see your dick. Like, I don't know what we're doing. What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? What are we, what is this interview process? Like, so I, it, men are oddly, oddly aggressive towards me about it. I, I uh, was doing an all woman's, it was supposed to be a Galentine's Day event. This was last week, yeah. but they had gotten blizzarded out uh, in February. Yeah. So they had rescheduled it. And it was for a private club uh, where it was like, I looked them up. It blew my mind. It was like a private club that you had to pay $500 a year just to go to this place to drink with these people once a month. And it was like all for like networking and social. It was like some sort of horse racing enthusiast club. And it was like the most, I mean, the most like old money old money fucking haven't like they're like we have so much money that we want to not drink with the commoners so yeah so they have (laughs) they have a whole floor of a building in downtown louisville that's private that you have to show like id to get into that you are a that you have paid like your hundreds or thousands of dollars every year just to go in there and network and hang out and sit on the couches and drink and have and and still pay it's not free like you're still paying for the drinks yeah it's just the door for the cigars right but but they don't let in the riffraff it's just literally a cover charge so you don't have to look at poor people exactly Exactly. you don't even have to talk about poor people you don't have to be bothered with people getting in your way now they so they hired me to come and do like a comedy thing for their galentine's day event yeah so even though the thing is like all it's like women and men like it's just rich people right but this was just the female members this was just the women i gotcha and i go there and i'm thinking like it's a bunch of wealthy uh middle class no wealthy middle-aged to older women and i'm like man that's sort of like my jam like i think i could really i think this might be like i wasn't freaked out i was like this might be like i think i can like talk some big shit to these women like they're (laughs) i do very I, i do very well i do very well with women who are getting older and are fed up with everything and and yeah hell yeah i do i do very well with women who are starting to see like the collagen fade and they're like "Uh oh if i'm not hot anymore like what what is my worth i better figure that out quickly yeah and so like i do very well with that sector so i was like hell yeah like 50 uppity ass middle-aged women (laughs) i'm ready so i go in and there's like and I, it was better than I thought because they started as young as 30. Like these rich bitches started as young as 30. <laughs> and they go up into their 60s and every single one of them was perfection. I mean, heels at five o'clock on a Wednesday, faces Jesus. snatched, makeup snatched, not one. They wouldn't dare let a gray hair go like this. Like they were <laughs> upset. They were upset by me. Like they, like hair snatched, like everybody had on like three pair of spanks like these bitches were <laughs> together 
And I was like, yes, wow. yes, I want to be everyone in this room. I want to be every one of them. And you know, I knew this one woman was the richest woman in the room because you could tell that she did not have a single person in her life who would tell her no. And I knew that because she had on so much makeup that it was a like it was like someone someone wasn't afraid of you. This wouldn't have happened. You need somebody in your life that would stop you and be like, no, not like this, Connie. Not like this. I love you, but we got a dab. We got a dab, bitch. You can't. You. She looked. I mean, she looked like she'd been behind a truck. Like it was so much. She had on. Velvet fedora. She had a velvet fedora with a goddamn feather in it. She had a goddamn oh feather. And I was like, that woman has never heard no in her life. That woman, that woman, that woman doesn't even raise her voice. That woman is just just whispers her orders. She's like, uh, Delia, uh, there are spots on my silver. And then somebody from three rooms away has to come running. They have to hear that. <laughs> He, these bitches. So like there was, and then right before the show started, I saw these two old men and I can see the host of the show, the one that hired me, she's like showing them around. And I heard her say like, we're about to have our Galentine's event. You know, we've got a comedian here and that kind right, of thing. Right. And she, di she didn't mean this. She was just being a very good hostess. And so she, without even thinking, she just looked at them and she said, you're welcome to stay if you want. And then the two guys, yeah, the two guys looked over at me and I, me, the poorest person in the room, I'm 10 <laughs> feet from it without, I didn't, I did not even catch my mouth forming the word. I went, no, <laughs> and they looked at me and, and I was just standing there going, no, no, no. And then she looks at me and I was like, and I, but I was like, even though I hadn't gone on stage yet, it was pretty clear I was already on, you know, like, because yeah, yeah. they were kind of parading <laughs> me around the room. Right. Look what we and I got. Just looked at him and I was like, hey, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, hey, listen, sir, I, I was like, I, I'm so happy. I would be so happy to have you any other time. But you got to understand, like, I'm about to talk the maddest shit about men for 40 minutes <laughs> like in a, way, in a way that i cannot do in any other situation except for that we just clear the room of them i was like because if there, if there's even one dude in this room he's gonna mess up the vibe like the women are all gonna hear me and they're gonna be aware he's there and because they're nice people, they're going to be concerned about him <laughs> while I'm viciously saying that I think every man should go to prison for 40 minutes. <laughs> and, that, and that every man on earth is like a porn rapist or something. And so, like, I'm going to go... Because when you, you know what it's like when you're with your people. Yeah. And yeah. you're just so fucking free. Like when you're just, in your pocket and you're like, this is my fucking crowd. You can just be a version of yourself. So I'm like, I was like, no. I was like, look, I, any other time, just, but y'all got to go. I was like, seriously, y'all got to go. And, I just uh, love that you reacted like you were haunting a house. I was like, no. Were trying to move in. Yes. <laughs> no. Oh. No. Yeah, and they were like, Jesus. I was like, no. and they were like, and I told him, and it, and but here's how I know I made the right call because 
he was like, he was like, okay. And before he left, he goes, Hey, I got a joke for you. And I went, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. And there are, that's, you, you want to know why I'm going <laughs> shit on dudes for 40 minutes? Because there are 50 women in this room who could run the country right now. And not one of them, not one of them felt the need to step out of pocket to tell me how to do my fucking job. <laughs> and then we had one dude in the room and he's like, ah, I got a joke for you. <laughs> What in your mind? Men don't do that. Look, I hate I hate to all women all minute. I know it's I know it's overdone, but I have never once in my life had a woman walk up to me and offer me a goddamn joke. Not once in my life. And I have had so many men try to tell me jokes that I have an actual stock response. I like already have a planned interaction because it happens so much Jesus that I'm already Christ. like, mm, I, I even have a fucking face. I have a whole face that I can, <laughs> when I start, I'm just like, mm, oh, that's, I hadn't heard that one. Is that, uh, did you write that? No. Okay. Okay. Well, I don't know if you know this. We're not allowed to say jokes we didn't write that were from the internet. So I don't, I don't know if you knew anything about what you're doing. Seems like you don't. Oh, shit. And like a whole thing, like one dude, one dude walked in the room and he like, he might as well have been wearing a sign that said, I'm here to prove the point. <laughs> and then we just went on with our show. We went on with our show. And all I did was talk about like getting older and trying to date and shit like that. And they were, and they were like, they fucking loved it. They loved it. I was having the best time in my life because they were just like, you you don't even have to be it's that kind of thing where you don't even have to have it ready because you just start vibing with them so hard that you know they're not heckling it's they'll talk to you but it's not heckling yeah like you really do have like a a, like a mini conversation going where they are genuinely contributing to the show in a real way and you're able to take what they're saying and be like i also know about this thing so i'm gonna Spin oh, this for you. Yeah, that's it's comedy yeah, magic. Where you just yeah. flying. Exactly. God, yes, you're yeah. just flying. Loved it. Loved it. Oh my God. Hell yeah. Loved it. That's beautiful. Yeah. And, uh, I don't, and all I, I had to do when... was kick out all the men. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when we're going to get this out, but we're recording it on International Women's Day. And I don't think it could have asked <laughs> oh my for like God. a better guest. <laughs> Perfect. Holy shit. This is amazing. Yes, I get it. <laughs> oh my god. You know, sometimes things just work out. <laughs> yes. Everything lives. No, it always if you always if you just want if you ever need somebody to just bitch about dudes, just call me. 
if you just if you need that to be like a regular segment if you have like a male guest and you're like this feels way too bro let's just go let's just call mandy so she can come in here and tell us how unimportant we all are and then well Cincinnati I'll cleanse you a couple girl comedians but we desperately need women in our comedy scene. So please come out. I would see, and that's the thing. I would love that. Do you know I have never worked, like worked in Cincinnati. Really? I have I've been really I've been on like I have been on like a random, like I've gone with a with a comic who is who's great and they'll you know that i've ridden out with them for a guest set you know like when uh when cam o'connor used to be there like yeah, yeah. i'd come up and do like his oh, go bananas yeah. things because because cam and i were uh we were friends from open mics back in indianapolis Dude, in the I, early I days cam. he's one of the crazy give me a doll yeah still doing it yeah yes absolute doll and so when he did his stint in cincy you know, he would ask me to come out for things, but like, I never worked. I never like pursued work. Uh, believe it or not, me and Kelly Collette have been going around each other for 10 years and have never met face to face. You're kidding. Ever. Ever. We've even, we've literally, we've literally talked on the internet about it. Two years ago, we were scheduled to do a show together, like a co- like a co-headline, just the two of us. Yeah, yeah. Somebody finally was like, "You two seem like a good match," and made a show about us. And then, like the week before that bar where the show was supposed to be scheduled, somebody pissed off the owner, and the owner canceled oh. all comedy ever. Jeez. Literally, it was like oh never comedy. Why? Never. So, yes. So they canceled mine and Kelly's show, and so we literally yeah. talked on the internet. We talked on the internet like maybe like two weeks ago and she said she was like my goal this year is for us to be on a show together and i was like my goal this year is to do a show again so i would love it that would be so fucking our goals our goals are like "Mm." you guys are tight like she gets me you know what i'm saying like it's like she understands what i want i think yeah but she's like headlining there's, there's no reason um yes this weekend and i yes b- because she's the nicest person ever get to do a guest spot so i'm gonna yell at her to oh that's so nice make a show for you guys to go on. i would love that's I would all love i'm that. gonna say to her yeah i've always been i've always been such a fan of hers and you know, and yet we just never, because, well, it's, I'm not saying it's that way anymore, but you know, 10 years ago, because this is probably about the time Kelly started, and before for me, like, I, you, you were not allowed to have two women on a show. Like, literally, they yeah. would say to you, we already have one, and they wouldn't say any words after one. They That's would say, insane. we already have one. <laughs> yeah. Like, one. And and it, they would say that to black guys, too. We already Jesus. have one. Uh, and they 100 percent uh you I mean I'm sure everybody knows Ryan Dean Miller because you know how yeah. he's you know he just yeah blew up but uh he said that they literally one time that he was uh asking to be on a show and there was a guy on the show in a wheelchair and they said to Ryan oh we can't put you on this show we already have one no. End of sentence. What? Oh. End of sentence. 
Yeah, that feels like bad. we've all heard the. <laughs> I felt I felt we've so already... good because I'm like, now if we see a show that's all white dudes, we're like, what's going on there? Yeah, huh? right. Exactly. And then, and then it's exactly. like we're right back where we started. Yeah. Jesus, it is. It is. You know, it's it's not as bad as it used to be. I really think that it is uh, the producers, you know, even if they're not doing it out of the goodness of their heart, even if they just feel the pressure, yeah. they they feel the pressure to do better, um, which is really nice because I don't really care what's motivating you just to do, you know, to do better, just do better. Yeah, exactly. Just be um, a better person. But <laughs> right. But the, the best thing that I think that I've seen happen to comedy, and I would say I've only seen this in the past five years, is uh, not the more the booking of more women, but it is actually that the women are producers or yeah. are, par- are one of the producers of a show yeah. because the problem even when it was like, if it was like three dudes who have a show and they would be like, even if their whole goal was to be like, we need women on this show, but we need at least two women on this show. They unfortunately, and this isn't their fault because you like what feels like to you. So they would think they would always say, we don't have enough women because they genuinely did not hear of or seek out or nurture up-and-coming female comics they would just know like they'd know like five women that they thought were funny and then they would just be like oh fuck we're out of women whereas when you have a female producer without her even trying like her ear is always to the ground because she's paying attention to every girl that she sees at an open mic she's she's more likely to see a girl that a guy, a guy might see a girl and open might be like, she's green as hell. She's not ready. She's not funny. And she might not be funny yet. That might be true. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but a girl, a girl will, will see her at an open mic and actually see like the seeds, yeah, you know, of, yeah, of yeah. like something special and be like, we need to make space for her to get better because there's something there. Yeah. And because because you respond to what feels familiar with you. Yeah. I saw a woman who who wasn't funny at all. I mean, not even funny, even a little bit. <laughs> and everybody would say that. Everybody would be like, she sucks. But like one day, she'd been, you know, knocking around open mics for years. And one day I saw her do a bit that was not ready. But she tapped into this this thing that happens to all women in the workplace. And it was like this voice came out of her that was so distinctly only something that a woman would know to talk about or experience. And she was able to crystallize it in a way that even I had never thought of before. And I remember being like, "Uh Oh, she's about to make, she's about to, she's about to leap. Like yeah. she's been spinning her wheels for like two years and she's finding, and she's about to leap. Like that's original as fuck. And I was telling everybody, I was like, keep your eye on her. Keep your eye on her. She's about to take a jump. And all the dudes that I produce with were like, she's not funny. She's not funny. And I was like, she's not, she's not funny in the way that all of your best boyfriends at the open mics aren't funny yet either. But you see them as like being like, maybe they got something kid. Like you, you can see them. Well, I see this in her. Like she's, she's speaking a language that women will respond to and she just has to figure out how to make it tighter and more efficient yeah and it wasn't it was not long after that that she 
started just being like authentically herself on stage. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, she's producing her own show and her shows <laughs> Hell yeah. never yeah. don't have, yeah. Her shows never don't have five women on them and never right. don't have that trans person that everyone's been ignoring in town and yep. never don't have that, like those couple of dudes that nobody wants to fuck with because they're a little bit kooky and they don't really fit in. And like, and all of a sudden, you know, her show is like a parade of misfit toys yeah. because, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's, that's who yeah. she aligned herself with early in comedy. Yeah. So I think in the past five years, it's not even putting more women on shows. It's the bringing in female producers. Yeah. Because they they just have access. Every single time we would do a roast, we would find ourselves being like, we need, we need black comedians. Why have we been doing this so long? And we have not fostered better relationships with black comedians who can do this type of character work because it was like a character based show. Yeah. So we knew all these, we knew all these black comedians, but we didn't know the black comedians who were interested in doing the character work with us. But you know who found us a shit ton? The black guy we kept hiring. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He had actually, he knew everyone who was a black comedian and he knew who was capable of that kind of work right. and who wouldn't be interested in that kind of work because he actually paid attention and fostered relationships that our stupid white asses never even thought about. Yeah. And like he was able to find us all of these amazing performers that we as white people would never have given a shot to because we just didn't know any better. Yeah. And so I think that's what has been the huge, huge penny drop for me is watching that it was never – about putting a certain amount or a certain number of types of people on a show. It has been about who is making the calls, who is in charge of the show, who's casting what, yeah. who has a, who has a voice in that meeting Yeah. when you do a, when you do a lineup, like yeah. who is, so it's not who, you who as can, a booker, who say so? like deciding exactly. to put, it's you maybe stepping aside and letting someone else with a different viewpoint run things. Exactly. Exactly. Like it, producing and casting and making lineups. That is where it became suddenly like, I was like, that was the magic. Not, yeah. not, Oh, we need to find more, more women for our show. It was, we need to have more women looking for women for our show. Right. We need to have more people of color looking, you know, uh, saying it, it has proven to be the same for all of our like LGBTQ friendly shows, anything where we're trying to like encourage a different voice to come forward. Yeah. It has always been based on, well, we don't know them. We have to find somebody who knows them right. and knows what they're looking for yeah. and like knows what's funny and that's how we got, you know, we used to struggle to have one girl and one black on our roasts. And, you know, before the before the pandemic, we we finally were able to do something we never thought we'd ever do, which was have a Disney princess roast of all women. Hell yeah. And we never <laughs> thought, you know, we that's never so thought <laughs> Yeah, where we were where we were able to seat all of our male producers and they were not a part of the show because yeah, it's not just, oh, we didn't know eight women. Of course we knew eight women. Yeah, We didn't know eight women who could write a 10-minute set 
in character as a character about another character and be stage ready on the Laugh Factory stage in Chicago with no practice. Like, right. that's a big ask. Mm-hmm. And that's a real big ask for like $50. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whatever we had, you know, whatever we had. It's a real big fucking ask. Put on this dress, write a whole 10 minute set. You don't get to open mic it anywhere. Yeah. And you have to be ready, you know, do a voice, you know, and like, and, and write about these other people. And we were able to do, we were able to find like eight incredibly strong you know, nearly headline ready women to do this together, to work in tandem with each other with no budget. And like, when we do shit like that, I'm like, oh, actually this is, I'm glad I didn't, I'm glad I wasn't successful earlier. Like this is the shit I wanted to see. This is the shit that I was waiting on where it's just like, I do know. do you know how many years it's been since someone said we've got a lady coming to the stage when they bring me up? <laughs> do you know how good that feels? Do you know how good that, do you know how good it feels? Yes. Do you know how good it feels that people are coming will come up to me and say well, they don't they won't say you're my favorite female comic. Right. They'll you know, they'll say you're yeah. my favorite comic. Oh, obviously in in town, you know, they know that fucking <laughs> Brian Regan exists or whatever. Like they know that. <laughs> but like, you know, that they won't say you're my favorite female comic or yeah. you know, I mean, I've even had women say to me, I normally don't like female comics. And I've been like I'm going to kick you right in the clit. <laughs> Who raised you? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? That's not a compliment. <laughs> and it, it's been years. It's been years since that happened. Yeah. So, like, I'm just excited about, like, where things are going because I don't, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit all the politics that are going on right now, like how many people are getting canceled for being shits, like, fuck off. I don't care. <laughs> like, I don't care. Do you know how many comics there are? We could we could stand to lose a few. Right. Let's like, thin the herd. Like, let's let's have thin a call. That's fine. That's fine. I can't even say what I want anymore. Okay, then don't say anything. Yeah, you care. can be quiet then. <laughs> I don't care. I'm sorry. I, I have some inappropriate thoughts too, sir. <laughs> but I don't say them. You know. You know, I mean, my God, oh, you know, shit. I mean, I, you know, I've been a professional roaster for almost 10 years now. Right. Like, you, if, I mean, we've taped a lot of these shows. I don't even want to think about what I've said on these shows. <laughs> I don't even think about it. Because, you know, I mean, all we have done for 10 years is call each other fat and make fun <laughs> of each other's mental illness and you know, do black jokes against each other and suicide jokes and just basically degrade each other mentally, emotionally, physically (laughs) on the basis of sex, race, and religion. We have (laughs) ripped each other to shreds for 10 years. Like, I don't even want to know what someone might have of me being on stage. Right. 
like just say just saying the most random ass like degrading thing like you know about like i don't know fucking yoko ono or something <laughs> and like, i don't know what it might do but like i but like also then we stopped doing that like right we got yeah. better we didn't quit doing roast shows because that doesn't make sense. Like they're they're super great. Yeah, you we just were craft. like, oh yeah, we were just like, oh, you mean get funnier? Yeah. Okay. And believe me, it cut a lot of my material because every <laughs> single guy that I am on those shows with is shaped like a bowling pin. Every <laughs> single one. <laughs> And so when all else failed, I could just be like, you fat potato looking piece of absolute shit. You are. And like, I could do it. But I was like, what would I say about them if I couldn't just immediately dismiss them all as being right. unfuckable? Like, what would I say to them? Just a layer of creativity. There you yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> had to get better i had to write better material about how much i won't fuck them yeah. but it's got to be based but but it's not all based around their shape of their body it's right. based around what disgusting humans and, they are and every audience and already them. knows that all male comedians we are all unfuckable that's, that's already yes right. yes as soon as and we walk like... on stage that's like yes observation yes. numero like, uno. I... yeah i mean we had to get better so <laughs> yes it's, i mean there there are so many things that we've done and 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 years ago and we'll look at it and we'll be like oh my god we said this in 2015 like right. we said this to a pay a paying fucking audience <laughs> like i played michael jackson once like <laughs> what? And we we thought it was perfectly fine because, in all fairness, I was the comic that looked the most like Michael Jackson. <laughs> I just do. I just do look like Michael Jackson. I just, I looked more like him than any of the dudes did, and certainly more than any person of color that we had available to the And so we just thought it would be fine. Yeah. And we did it. <laughs> and uh, now we're like, uh-oh, <laughs> probably should have run uh -oh. that by anyone. <laughs> should have run that by any human with a soul who doesn't do what we do, who actually gives a fuck about other people. We should have run that by someone. But like, you know, but that will be like, oh my God, we did this seems like forever, but literally we charged audience for this in modern times we did right, this right but but the, but the best thing is like now we're so much funnier because we evolved uh and we're actually like decent people being like hey here's things we should stop doing yeah and we did those things and it's better so like yeah when somebody gets this like we can't do it i'm like i try to do a roast show without calling people uh ugly so like fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> if i can roast people without calling them all ugly <laughs> you'll be fine yeah you'll find a way to write around yeah. that <laughs> right i'm pretty sure that that just means you're not funny okay yeah yeah no creative bones well, that's all that means <laughs> i can't believe you somehow 
like managed to make me see how much is wrong with the scene and then still <laughs> be optimistic about what's coming up. So you really yeah. hit that. I love yeah. the arc of this whole episode. It's been great. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I, I'm a little bit of the problem, but I still feel good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Because we cannot, I don't want a scene where all the white men are gone. Like, I don't want that. That's not, I don't feel like, oh, we need to get rid of everyone who's ever benefited from, you know, the, the, the way the cards were stacked or whatever. Yeah. I just think that, you know, the, this, you know, comedy is oversaturated and the yes. funny people, you know, it, it is a meritocracy. And I have just always wanted it to function more like a meritocracy because there were a lot of barriers and obstacles that people didn't realize because people could always fall back on the old adage, well, if you're funny, people will notice. Right. But there were other things at play about getting in front of people for people to notice Yeah. that were not, that no one was acknowledging. And as I see, you know, producers, uh, different looking producers come into the scene, which brings different talent to the shows. As that happens, it could truly be a meritocracy. Now, I don't think that you'll ever get rid of the unfortunate thing, which is sometimes it is more about who you know, yeah. because they can introduce yeah. you. They can give you a solid introduction to that great booker or a manager, or they can get that tape seen by that person and you don't know anyone. So no one's going to look at your tape if right. you just cold send it in like that. I mean, that's never going away, but like, you know, as far as scenes are concerned, absolutely can be a meritocracy. If we continue yeah. to, de to, to let our producers reflect our audience, yeah. which is, far more diverse than ever than you know than we ever would like to let on and so like if it if our audience is like 40 percent white dudes then that's then there's definitely something for them and there's also something for everybody in the audience who's as exhausted as me <laughs> and there's also something you know there's something for everyone yeah and also you know you've still got themed nights you know, bros are always going to get together, and that's fine, as long as you acknowledge that other people like to stick together, too, right. and that they like to have stuff that's catered towards them, and that that's just had, as popular. Yeah, I had the weird experience the other day of maybe for, like, one, the, one of the first times, if not the first time in my life, being like, oh, this wasn't made for me, and this is what minorities feel like all the time. Yeah. And it was yeah. it was yeah. watching Sex in the City. I'm like, this is good, <laughs> but it's not made for me. Oh, it's not for you. Oh, baby, it's not for you. It's not for you. That's so good. It's not. It's so good. Yeah, it's definitely Wait, not for you. It's women it's have to not. constantly recognize. Be like. Oh, this is uh, objectively good, but yes. this whole world is not. <laughs> yes. So yes. A oh lot of God. deep realization and appreciation there. <laughs> yes. It's so it's so funny. And I saw somebody like somebody posted a clip of Bill Burr. 
just this week on the internet, like, and I don't know when this clip was from, but he was being interviewed by a female reporter who was like, do you, do you think that women are funny? And he's just being a Bill Burr, you know, he's just having a Bill Burr shit fest. Yeah. And he's just like, he's like, yeah, I do. But if they want to do it, like, he's like, if, they, if somebody don't let them in the club, you do, you make your own club, you make your own shows. You know, you don't have to, yeah. what are you going to sit around? If y'all had a club and y'all didn't let me into it, like y'all would never listen to me if y'all had a club. And I, you know, I'd make my own club and you got to make your own club. Nobody's going to hand you anything. This world. We're all out here eating a shit sandwich. And I was like, boy, oh boy, what a fun thing to be able to see day when you've <laughs> always been in the club <laughs> what a fun thing to be able to say to say somebody who's never not been in the club <laughs> who thinks who genuinely thinks that being a rich and famous comedian is eating a shit sandwich <laughs> and he would say and that he would say just go start your own thing right. as if as if the thing that exists was just started and isn't backed by deep money. Right, of, right. Of yeah. actual venue <laughs> practices and producers. Jesus. And, like, and I was just like, man, you know, because what I, what I heard when he said that was I heard every guy who's ever wanted a reason to say it's not a problem. I heard him going, oh, well, Bill Burr's got my back. Oh, it's not God. a problem. Yeah. Now yeah. I can say that I always get very scared because it's not, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily agree. I'm a, I'm, I'm an older woman. I'm Gen X. So I have a lot more patriarchy steeped in me. My self-esteem got formed in the nineties. You know, you don't want to start your period in 1992. I don't recommend it. <laughs> I don't recommend it. If I could do it over, if I could do it over, I'd start my period right now. But I, yeah. so I can be very, I, I can be, I can be sometimes if I don't watch myself, I can be one of those women who is part of the problem. Yeah. I can be one of those women who is silent when I should speak out, who will, you know, turn the other cheek, who will laugh something off when I should, you know, make a, make a bigger deal out of it or stop and, you know, address the issue yeah. because I was trained to like, keep your head down. If you make us, you know, if you, if you cause, if you cause anyone, any problems, you won't work. People will not work with someone that seems like they're a lot. Uh, and so you, you just got to keep your head down. So I, I'm very aware that if I don't watch myself, I can be a part of the problem. So, so I think when I, so I don't, I don't get as riled up as some of my younger female friends who are much more in the vein of like, fuck you, <laughs> this sucks, so that sucks, you suck, every word out of your mouth is garbage, right. stop speaking to me, don't even make eye contact with me, don't look at me, <laughs> yeah. like... Yeah, you know, or like every human, every every human they come in contact with is like a threat. You know, like I, <laughs> right, right. I get, you know, that that kind of that kind of freaks me out a little bit too, because I'm like, I mean, I get it. Like when the pendulum has been in one direction for so long, it has to swing the other right. way yeah, in order yeah. to balance, eventually balance stuff off. But it's definitely, you know, we're definitely in a very dramatic place where you've got you're getting some really dramatic messages on either side. Oh yeah. And I hate sometimes the way that I come off, you know, because I come off as like, maybe I'm not like 
as mad as I should be about a certain issue or whatever, or like, uh, you know, like I, I've had the experience with online dating where sometimes I, I do not match with a person, but they will find me. Oh, they Jesus. will Google me. Yeah. They will oh, Google no. me. Yeah. They'll Google me and then they'll find me on my comedy page, which is the only thing that has my real name on it. Right. They'll find that. And they'll be like, and they'll just be like, Hey, we, we didn't match on Bumble, but you know, I, I'm a fan of what you do, and like, here's my deal. And now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Now, granted, based on that, you all can understand how maybe I don't find the movie "There's Something About Mary" as funny as maybe you all would. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> but, but I don't. I do not get freaked out by that the way that a younger woman would young women you know that is stalking that is a boundary violation that is creepy that is all kinds of things right for me i'm i'm much more soft on that like when someone does that i'm i'm like really nice to them because you know first of all i've i've always been taught like you know when you don't know if someone's a threat you come in easy right, like, right, right. you don't yeah. just come out swinging. right and so I'm always like, oh, thank you so much. I, you know, thank you. For, that's very flattering. And the thing is, I'm not creeped out by it because I, I am stuck in the Jen's, Jen's X world where I really believe that sometimes I like to see that somebody is like trying, not not to get a woman just in life, yeah. <laughs> just like trying, you know, <laughs> not just sitting around waiting, you know, on like pussy to fall on their head or whatever. And then just being like, yeah, I could take it or leave it. Like they're, you know, they're actually like looking for a mate and they're like, okay, well I saw her and I liked her and I don't think that I represented myself well because if somebody's creepy. They'll, they'll let you know that in two seconds. Right. So yeah. to mm. be honest with you, like, and my younger female friends, feel totally opposite you know they were like no i i don't want that for me it's not always comfortable because nine times out of ten i do not want to date that man yeah but i am genuinely i genuinely like when people try in life when they're like I, you know i have had to kind of swim upstream my whole life i have that trailer park baby mentality where i'm like you know, the world's not going to give you anything. You have to like try extra hard. You have yeah. to get. And so when, when I see someone try, particularly when they're risking humiliation or rejection, I'm always like, oh shit. Like, well, actually maybe I do need to revisit you because that's actually like a quality. <laughs> that's a quality that I didn't see on your profile. You know, so like I'll, you know, I'll, have a short conversation with them and see if like that is actually something that I did miss. Yeah. And nine times out of 10, again, it's not something yeah. that I it want, but, it, like but I don't mind it. Confidence and entitlement. Yeah. Yes. Like yes. One is very yes. creepy. One is, is admirable. Right. Yes. What, you know, I like it when people put themselves out there. So I, you know, I don't, I really struggle in that in between space so when I hear Bill Burr say something and I'm like, fuck, he just gave everybody who's trying to push against 
giving women more of a voice. He just gave them all an excuse to yeah. say why it's okay to not do that. When I get freaked out by something, you know it's a fucking problem because I let anything and everything slide just because I have some old school bullshit self-esteem from the 90s. Right, yeah. And when when I get, you know, when I get, when somebody's out there just, you know, quote unquote truth telling and I get like that chill down my spine where I'm like, you're just making it okay. All those sh- shitty guys who just don't want to change are just going to parrot everything you say because right. you're the cool guy. Everybody thinks, you know, Dave Chappelle's the greatest of all time. And I get that. But why, why every time he does something amazing and he does something amazing a lot, but why every time he does it, does he still feel the need to be like, oh, here's a shitty joke about trans people. Like, what is the point? Mm. All he does is he gives everybody who worships him the carte blanche to be like, oh, well, I guess we are doing that. Yeah. Like, I guess it's, you know, Dave explained it to where it's like funny. It's like, okay, it's like funny. He doesn't need to do that. He does seem to have some sort of a s- obsession with trans people because he, he could just say nothing about them. He just like brings yeah. them up like un like just completely unprovoked. He just brings them up out of nowhere. And every time he does that, I'm always like, you you have so many people hanging on your every word, repeating everything you say, and you couldn't just say, you know what? I'm just going to leave trans people alone today. They've never done anything to me. I don't know why I'm so in their asses all the time. About yeah, you. and there is the kind and- of question about, like, why does that make you uncomfortable? Because it right. clearly does if you keep talking. Right, it, yeah, if that's what you're drawing keeps, from. Yeah. He keeps bringing it up. He keeps, he, no one is talking about it. And he'll just do something amazing. And everybody will be like, look at this motherfucker. He is just a modern day prophet. And then he'll just be like, and a shitty thing about trans people. <laughs> and as a trans, you know, and it's like, you know, if you are not just a trans person, I would think any marginalized human being, you would think to yourselves, why must you use your power to continue to allow people to just freely shit on us? Like, what do you get from it? Hmm. Because he would still be this, you know, the, the goat, he would still be this prophet to everyone if he never mentioned trans people. He doesn't even have to say anything good about them. He could just not say anything. And it would just be flawless execution, stick the landing. You know, (laughs) you're that guy. But he has to throw it. And that's all people need. All people want is permission to be bad, just to be shitty. And if you are one of these men who has this kind of power, you say something, that's it. So if you make a little jab at women – Every shitty incel on Reddit is like, fuck yeah, this is our God. Right. And if you little slip of trans people, and it's so weird because like people think I'm really sensitive when I say things like that. And the funny thing is I'm one of the most desensitized women that I know. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you've been doing I've... any amount of comedy for any time, <laughs> right. you've seen yeah. the literal worst of it. <laughs> yes. Yes. I just don't. I just, you know, if I can see it, 
like slow the fuck down. Yeah. Like seriously, calm down. You're you are you're being a real shit if I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like oh, yeah, I, you know, I'm yeah. old. I, I'm old. I, I don't have time to be nitpicky about little slights anymore. Like, yeah. I, I really don't. I'm, you know, I, 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 I laugh off a lot of bullshit. Big picture things. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. I'm, I'm more about just like some, some, some pretty big, you know, culture shifts that I think are would be good. But like, yeah, I don't. You know, to me, if you find me. Uh, on Facebook and ask me out. I'm not going to put your, I'm not going to screenshot your shit, you know, and put it on the internet and be like, look at this creep. You know, I'm not. Right. Which is what you do. I'm going to be like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to be like, <laughs> I'm going to be like, look, you know, I'm going to be like, thank you so much. You know, I'm very flattered. You know, I'm not interested because if I tell you, no, thank you. And you, that's the end of it to me. You're a good man because yeah. you shot your, you know, you shoot your shot. If I say no, thank you. And that's really the end of it. I couldn't ask for a better interaction, honestly. Like, you know, where, you know, I don't give a shit if you shoot your shot. Like, that's cool. I just, I just need you to be able to handle that. That's probably not right. You know, that there's a 99% chance. That's not a real, that's not a real connection. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, friend suggestions are not not strong enough (laughs) right now if you if you're a booker and now you don't book me well now i'm gonna have to fucking call a knife on you yeah (laughs) (laughs) well mandy this has been like an absolute (laughs) blast like this has been i love episodes where me and luke get to sit back and we don't have to do any of the heavy lifting because the, the, <laughs> the guest that we have on has such like clear-cut ideas on what they believe and and coupling that with like wonderful life stories and these experiences that you've been through like this has been absolutely hands down one of my favorite episodes i had so much fun thank oh, I'm you glad. Yeah, thank That's you awesome. so much for coming on yeah yeah, yeah i'm glad I we finally got shows, together but i think i can just cover your gas money that's it <laughs> but if you do look, to Cincinnati. <laughs> luke luke i would love that i've uh, i've I have written a new 30 minutes during the pandemic, so I'm in that space where I'm like, oh, I don't want anyone to pay for this until right, it's yeah. better. Like, <laughs> okay, awesome. Yeah, can't I don't want anyone to pay for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, Mandy, I can't wait to see you doing a show up here sometime. Yes, same. It'd be good to see you in person again. Well, be well until we meet again. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye.